Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vox Vomitus Eggnog Extravaganza. Is this our third eggnog extravaganza, or is this our fourth? I don't know, because I don't remember if in 2020, because we did it 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, if in 2020, if we had the forethought of doing eggnog, like we did something. But I think we did something. Not, I, I know. Think. Did we have the alliteration? Anyways, this it's is our either our third or our fourth eggnog extravaganza. Oh, holiday celebration. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, Pretty Ugly, and The Japanese Box. Joining me today, as always, in her Christmas sweater. I'm also wearing a Christmas sweater. For people who are watching this live, this is a dinosaur wearing a top hat. <laughs> uh, Allison can explain hers later, but I'm I don't know if I can. <laughs> Allison Martin, author of The Bourbon Books, which includes dibs since September, Move on Melinda, and Climb the Salmon Ladder. Welcome. Hello, hello. So, okay, so last year, if you were watching last year, you actually heard our show get interrupted by the delivery of the package that contained Jennifer's sweater. She has been waiting a full year to wear this. It's really yeah. not as ugly as I'd like it to be because it's actually it's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. All right, I'm panning okay, but down. Are the candy canes yellow or what is happening there? They are yellow. Maybe they're okay. Have you seen their Twinkie candy canes? Because that's I did see that. And yeah, so the candy canes uh -huh. are yellow and butterscotch, white. Maybe I like yeah, it. Butterscotch. And that's like yeah. actually a sweater. And I have one in there. Um, I I hit our local Goodwill for hideous things, and I got one of the traditional, very traditional "Merry Christmas, you filthy animal" ones, thinking maybe my daughter would wear it, but she doesn't want to wear it, and it's too small on me, so it just needs a home. So if anybody is between the size of a thirteen and a forty-five year old, you might have a sweater. <laughs> Be any size, be any size. Um, but I got this one, and I'm actually wearing it backwards because it, some of the stuff on the other side is a little questionable. If you really need to see it later, message, and I'll maybe send you a picture of it. But it has this lovely. Um, it does not light up, but it did come with bells, which I had to cut off before I washed it because okay. I'm not wearing a used sweater without washing it first. Um, but these were just like on the back, so. It would be like on your tailbone or when you shake your butt, you'd ring. I don't really yeah. understand how this works. Um, and then it has the Will Ferrell elf right here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Amy wants pictures. Amy, I will, Amy Collins, you'll get pictures <laughs> later. I don't want to get canceled for anything that's questionable on it. It's not super bad, but my husband's like, eh, and it's just more ugly. So I do want to <laughs> shout out to whoever created this. I don't know this originally. I think that's just the residue of glue. That holds it together now because I think it had a cord, but that didn't make it to even the Goodwill store. And then, um, yeah, Amy's like coward. Uh, says the woman who has <laughs> to try to sell my books. I'm trying to not get myself canceled. I'm trying to make your job easier, Amy. Um, and it was just, it was just a little too ugly, even for an ugly Christmas sweater. It is ugly. And the sad thing is, these already kind of got wrinkled going through because I feel like someone had iron on or whatever. But here's Santa, and then it says one eight hundred sleigh bells ring. So I almost feel like I'm like one eight hundred cars for kids. Um, oh no! Don't say actually, that. It'll be I stuck won't. in my head. I won't. I'll sing other bad Christmas songs if you need me to. No, um, no more Christmas songs. I'm and, done with Christmas songs. Okay, this came off of a package, and I really wanted to like stick it here. My sister, or my sister, my daughter tried to stick it in my hair, but I'm just like, I won't be able to function with this in my face. Yeah. So. 
This now you can just use it as pom pom. Yeah. No, when we not. cheer for we the cheer. books we're going to be talking oh, about, I do that. I'll ring like one bell, two bells, pom pom and bells. Yeah. So when we, I was not a cheerleader. I no, wasn't. No. I tried out for cheerleading in seventh grade and was told that I was too gloomy for cheerleading. <laughs> Okay, actually, I believe that. And I, I use that line in my book, Pretty Ugly, because I made, yeah, that, yeah, that I girl was, was too gloomy for cheerleading. Oh, I, no, actually, it's not in Pretty Ugly. It's in my book that's out on sub. Don't spoil your own book. That's fine. <laughs> um, Lori's yelling at us because it's small caps. Thank you, Lori. Hi. And Regina's like, happy, happy, happy eggstravaganza. It's eggnog extravaganza because Regina, otherwise it sounds like we're here for Easter and that's just going to confuse uh, me. I think one of the years I typed it eggnog extravaganza because I that's, was really about the eggs, eggs that time. I try not to think that there's eggs in my eggnog. I know it is, but just drinking eggs, I don't dwell on that. I mean, I'll eat them, but drinking them sounds like... Exactly. I just try to pretend this is like a yummy milkshake. It is. It is like a milkshake-flavored thing. And Laura Milkshake with bourbon in it. We love you too. Oh, and so mine is just nog because whenever I pour in this, it never mixes right. And then I get like the layer. So instead, um, I'm doing boozy little truffles. So mine, mine comes separate. Like this. Oh, Amy. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm laughing because I see the joke before I post it. Felice Noggy Dodd. Good one. No, just <laughs> no. Really I love good. it, but no. But yeah, so I I went all out to find the ugliest sweater, and it's it's not even a sweater; it's a sweatshirt. So that's like even lower on the rung. It is. It's lower on the fashion totem pole. And I, I tried very hard. Um, you can't really tell. My hair is um, teal turquoise mm -hmm. okay close uh, up you can close up you can but from far away it just looks kind of black but uh i rest assured everybody my hair is festive colored as is allison's mostly if you want to see the color look at my scalp there you can see the purple that only sort of showed up in my hair otherwise in daylight it's kind of more purple i don't know i mean my hair my hair is very turquoise and teal in the daylight but um you know i'm in new hampshire and it's been dark here for three and a half hours now so happy but solstice. happy solstice but we are here not to complain about the weather or talk about necessarily just our t-shirts we're sweater. here to uh sweater we're here to drink eggnog and to talk about our year in review but also to touch on some of the books that we read that we didn't talk about on the air um allison and i did a deep dive this year into a few authors one in particular we both like at the same time we're just like let's listen or read every single book that grady hendrix yeah i don't know what our issue was but i found the first one uh, my first one with him was the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires that is the one i have not read okay you will love it but the title is just too long and every time i say it or type it i'm missing a couple words because it has like seven in there but it's a gorgeous cover it's definitely one that i'd heard about and I don't think I'd heard about him before that book. And it was very fun. And I really enjoyed that. And then I think part of the reason we read so many of them is Audible had a deal where a lot of his stuff was they were included. They were included. So I know. And I went not crazy. Just like, oh, use, use your credit. We didn't have to use our credits because my credits are like precious. Precious, gems precious. More precious than these little truffles here. Yeah. So I, I knew of Grady Hendrix because um, 
obviously I'm in the horror community and I adore him. Uh, but I first heard about Grady Hendrix when he did the book paperbacks from hell, which is like basically this long love letter about all of those like vintage seventies and eighties, uh, horror novels and crime novels that went out of print and then they Mm -hmm. came back in print. So like, I really just loved his personality so much. And I kept I had a bunch of the books, but I just never got around to reading them. And then when How to Sell a Haunted House came out this year, I, you know, it, it's a book <laughs> about grief. It's a book about a haunted house. It's a book about the most terrifying puppets ever. Um, and I knew, oh, pumpkin, pumpkin. Um, so, so I knew I had to read it right away. And then I made my husband read it. You read it. You, um, made me, you were trying to make me read it for a book that I wanted to do that has some related things. I'm like, but what I'm doing isn't horror. You're like, but you have to read it. I'm like, just read, I'm it. read it. You're like, just read it. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to. And I did. And I think it was like. I'm going to say it's also kind of very lightly a Christmas read because there is a squirrel nativity scene. Oh, that's right. But it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. wouldn't it be? So uh, if you guys have seen the one that's floating around, that's the dog nativity, which is like the sweetest thing ever, where like the dogs have the little draped things because they're first off, they're live. Squirrel nativity, not a live participant. It's not a, mm-hmm. one of those live things yeah, at all. It's not okay. cute. It's not like how to like try to, to get people to adopt dogs and look how mm-hmm. cute they're. Uh, but yeah, so How to Sell a Haunted House was my first Grady. And then we, you and I in tandem kind of went down the rabbit hole with horror store horror store my, uh, best, my best friend's, friend's exorcism yep. and then uh we sold our souls we sold our souls which was hard rock okay and regina says he gets major punk points for mentioning the dead milkman in that book and i'm assuming she means how to sell haunted house which again punk points the hard it's like heavy metal for we sold our souls not yeah. punk but she might be referring to that one too because that one had so many music references there's no way you could so keep many and you know yeah. So, and I loved every single book by Grady Hendrix. So Grady Hendrix, if you're watching this or uh, people who are friends with Grady in real life, yeah. uh, just tell them to come on our show. Yeah. Like, please be peer here. pressure. Please Grady, peer pressure. Because speaking of peer pressure, I think we've already had certain people agree to be on our show only because other people have said, yes, agree to go and do this. And they have no idea what they're getting into. And I'm like, yeah, so one fun. of those come people on. is Chuck Wendig. Chuck Wendig. <laughs> um, and again, that's another author that you and I both were reading this year. I think you didn't read Book of Accidents, though. No. So I read Wanderers and Wayward, which I felt like was the love child of both. Uh, what was it? it? Was like three different things that were all Stephen King, but sometimes writing as Richard Bachman because it was The Stand and The Longest Walk, and also sort of somehow Cell. So that's like King mm-hmm. Bachman King, which is all still King. And I loved it so much and it was audible and it was about three days long worth of listening, not all at once, but I mean, it's like three hours, three days worth. If you listen, you know, Chuck Wendig writes some chonky books. He writes chonky books. Because so Book of Accidents, it's. That one's not a novella. It's not a novella. And uh, so I was lucky enough to meet Chuck in person at Gibson's bookstore with our friend, uh, Clay McLeod Chapman. And I think Clay may have said complimentary things. Was he wearing a hat at that time like he did on our show? Uh, No, he wasn't dressed as a wizard. Uh, But they had a a book, like a dual book launch thing, uh, which they nicknamed Crab Apples because Chuck Wendig's new book is called Black River Orchard. And Clay's new book is What Kind of Mother?, uh, which might have really terrifying crab things in it. 
It Which we, you and I were like, oh, we need to have Clay back on our show. And then we both read that book before. Like, Neither I just couldn't wait one of us had any chill to wait. And that was one of those. I'm like, well, Clay will come back at some point. But I, we've literally seen him everywhere promoting it. And I don't think he stopped long enough to actually come anywhere other than a live bookstore type thing other than for people who are not following him please go follow him on on facebook because he's been doing like the 12 days of horror moss where he's singing about what books he gets for christmas and i'm sure these are all ones he's picked before but i just like seeing him sing about the horror books and i love it it's very fun yeah so yes so chuck wendig he will be coming on at some point in time he agreed to it in person with witnesses with witnesses Uh, we will hold him with witnesses yeah and jen if you that you should probably start reading now for those because Wanderers was this big and then Wayward was this big as well. So together. And, and, and Black River Orchard is. Does not look small. It's not small. It's, I, I should have brought it down here. I have it, but I didn't because I brought this giant stack of books down that of like, these are books I read this year. And that that's when you haven't gotten to yet. So you don't want to look like you're cheating going, yeah, I read this one too, but you didn't because you know, you've read plenty. You don't need to pad that stack really. Exactly. And I hate, I have this thing where if I have a book signed by the author, I can't read that copy of it. No. So now, so I have Black River Orchard and I'm going to have to either get another copy either on Kindle or Audible because mm-hmm. I want to keep uh, my- That was pristine. That's it like- It's pristine. If you, if it had cellophane wrap, keep it sealed in its original packaging, yeah. like a little Funko Pop, but yeah, we don't- because like- so my book of accidents is signed, but I had already read it. So that's fine because that's fine. then you're not going to be touching the pages other than just right now to show us that. And that's just to go like, look, totally acceptable. You're good. You're good. But yeah, I think like between the two of us, we read a lot for the show, but then we also read a lot separately because if I haven't said it before, I am a cloud library aficionado. It sounds fancier than saying like other Junkie. words. Junkie, or, yeah. Or, or I have a problem. I have a problem. I'm an addict. It's fine. I love these things. It but could be I, worse. It could be drugs. It could be worse. Instead, it's just audiobooks. But the thing is, what's really helpful for me is it helps me find new authors um, because half the time I'm like, oh, yeah, I meant to read by this person rather than with our show. It's like, well, this is what you've got to read right now, whether you're in the mood for that or not. Just go for it. And generally, I really enjoy them. Sometimes I enjoy them and go, I am not in the right mindset for this, but I power through anyway because. Yeah. Unlike, I'm not going to throw any other podcasters under the bus, but I like to read the books before I talk to the person because I don't like asking questions that are very, yes, what was your, I mean, not not that I've never asked what's, what's your inspiration for a book or what are your influences, but I feel like those are questions that come in the starter pack. And yeah. I feel like we're not starter pack kind of people. I want to ask dumb questions yeah, yeah, that are obscure we- and unnecessary and you only exactly. can find those if you read the whole book. I know people are like, oh, you must ask really intelligent questions since you read my book. I'm like, no, they're going to be really stupid questions, but they're Uh going to be very specific. So, you know, we read the book. book. We're like, on page 37, did you really mean this? Because I got really confused by it. And then they're like, Allison, could you stop? And like, or when we are like, like very clearly dressed up. Like, yeah. yeah. And, And then I know some people are like, I didn't get a costume show. And we go, yeah, you wrote a book about this, that, or the other thing that if we were to go do it, we would have gotten arrested. And then when when we have May Cobb on and we're in bikini tops, then I'm like, Jennifer, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know you either. Know. I don't know. <laughs> Look, when Josh that Dollar was one on, of our highest rated episodes, though. 
And now we're in sweatshirts. And, we're now, we're, and now we're all bundled up. We're going complete <laughs> polar opposite. Complete. Well, and when when we had Josh Mallor on most recently, you were dressed as the waitress from Twin Peaks. I was the log Shelley. lady. Yep. He came as Laura Palmer. So that's that's a thing. And that was not even from his book. So authors out there, if you are planning to be on our show and you don't have a really obvious thing for us to dress like or props, just tell us something weird and we'll probably go for yeah. that too. You're like, oh, I'm really into... Buffy the Vampires. We will come in our Buffy. Oh my gosh, I'll be my we, best Cordelia. But we did actually have Christopher Golden on this year for Slayers, and I don't think either one of us dressed full on Buffy, and that no. was like right up, right there. Um, yeah, Kat, says Catherine Currhouse says I expect a chef's hat, and I'm assuming you mean for one of your books, either that or like if we're interviewing a cookbook author, I will wear I a chef's hat for you. But either way, I, I will have one. I, I do have a little apron. Do you have an apron? I do have, I have an apron. I have a little um, waitress hat thing, just this part, but it's for yeah. a child because my mother-in-law made it for my kids when they were like five and three. So I don't, I don't know. If I know I have a waitress thing too, obviously, but I've already worn it when Josh Mallerman was on the show. That's true. That's true. Okay. And Kat says for salty. And yes, because we were talking about one of her books involves cooking lessons and things like that. I would totally go out with salty. I would sit there with salt for salty. I would go with oh complete gosh. literal without even a little bit of imagination. just I would maybe like cover myself in like little like, you know, like when you're seeing people cook on TV, they always have just like a little bit of flour on their face and it looks charming and sweet. Like I would do that. (laughs) I just like, like or like some frosting. (laughs) Be like, I'm going to do like the zinc, but with different colored frosting instead of getting some. First off, we're both very pale. So we kind of- I know, so it would definitely need to be like a blue frosting. Perfect. We will, we will do that. And that actually, that might work. If I run out of zinc for my kids before they go to camp, I'll just shove some Duncan Hines right on there. Strike Yum. Good. Good. <laughs> good. Um, and Regina says, somebody write a horror book about biblically accurate angels so we can have amazing cosplay with googly eyes. I will find the googly eyes. I would love that. I have a really giant set of like wings that have like a nine foot wingspan and I could put googly eyes all over those. Okay, and I have horns. Them. Yeah. Because everyone knows the the biblically an- accurate angels look more like the flying spaghetti monster yep. than any cherubs or anything out of like dogma where it's hot dude angels. Although I will never say no yeah. to hot dude angels. Hot dude angels. Uh, I mean, Castiel. I'm like, okay, yeah, my my ooh, mama. My kids are lucky. None of them got named that. It was pretty close there for one of them, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> like, what is your name? That that's fine. I mean, one of my friends did name their kid something from Game of Thrones before realizing where some of those characters' story arcs were going. So it's just a reminder mm. that if you're naming your children after fictional characters, make sure you know their entire arc before yeah, you Yeah, read them. the end of the book. Yeah. I wouldn't really want to be named after anybody in Game of Thrones. No? No, probably not. Oh, uh, what's... That's fair. I mean, you can go with brand, but then people will just think you're like raisin brand, and that's the wrong connotation too. Fiber, yeah, exactly. And plus, all of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones are really despicable, so I'm just like, mm-hmm. like, not the morals you're trying to imbue on your your young spawn there. No, 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 no probably no. not. Probably not. But you know, we we listen to a lot of things, and like I, we mentioned, Slayers, and we're, we didn't dress as Cordelia. But one of the things that was really fun about Slayers was it was like a radio drama style, and I've yes. heard a few more ones. And I we were talking beforehand. You're like, none of those came out this year. I'm like, don't care. I had fun with them. Like I listened to George Saunders' Lincoln and the Bardo, which I swear they just wandered through a Hollywood oh. backlot, and it's like 
and you get a line and you get a line. Everybody was in that. And it was so confusing. See, that makes me want to listen to it because I read it. I know you have to listen to it. You have to listen to it because sometimes I'm like, I, Wait, I, I know that voice. And and it takes a while. I'm like, it's Megan Mullally. That's why. Okay. Oh. But it doesn't sound like her, but it's her doing a high band. Hey, nah, 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 what, like that? You don't want to hear a whole book like that, but just a few lines like that. Yeah. No, and, I think that would be amazing. And George Saunders is just a god. Yes, exactly. Like, and I, he, I don't think he he's has, watching the show right now, but if he's he not, is, I mean, he's, he's definitely not. not. Okay, uh, you know. He has uh, one of the best books about the craft of writing I have ever read in my life. Um, I think it's called A Swim in a Pond in the Rain. Hmm. And it is, it's right up there with Stephen King's on writing for me. It's, yeah, it's so good. Beautiful. Even if you're not a writer, if you're just, if you're, yeah, it's beautifully written. It's interesting. And yeah. Well, and I loved it for so many reasons because it explores this just beautiful time. But also, but also then it felt like I was listening. It felt like I was watching a play with my eyes closed because Mm -hmm. it was just so well done. And then I listened to our good friend, Sean Cosby. He had broke down profits. And And I'm waiting on that one. So, but again, it was included. And I was like, oh, hello, pop that on there. And I hadn't even heard him promote it, but he's so busy promoting like 17 different things that I think that one slipped past me. And I just thought- Yeah, that's he was just on the Daily Show promoting that. Um, But what's funny is you said, it was like literally the next morning, Mm -hmm. you were just like, oh, I just listened to it and it was great. And I'm like, oh, I hope we get him on the show. And then the universe, I I said it and he, he sent me a message the next morning and he was like, you know, about a few other things. And then he said, oh, can I come back on Vox Vomitus? And I'm like, yes, Sean Cosby, you can come back on Vox Vomitus. Well, and I think last time he was on, he was finishing the book that he's promoting now. So like, I want to hear what he's working on next because he's doing all these, not just all the novels he's doing on his own, but he's doing collaborative projects uh, projects and everything. Oh, and Kat says, go to bed, Joffrey. Yeah, go to bed, Joffrey. You're in trouble. (laughs) No wine for you, Joffrey. Yeah, it's like, why would Sansa do this? And I can't see, I couldn't do that because I it's just a meme to me now where I'm just like, why would Sansa do this? Um, if you don't know that meme, I'm sorry, but I don't know that meme. And I also hate Sansa. So well, that's just it. Cause I'm like a hater. <laughs> I know there's some people like, yeah, she should have been the good. No, I hate Sansa. I've always hated, hated her since book one. Sometimes I felt a little bad for her. Still hated her through it. Yeah, there were moments sorry, where I'm like, sorry. "That's terrible that that's happening to you, Sansa." Look, when her best when her best character trait is she likes lemon cakes, and everything else about her is pretty despicable. I'm like, no, I'm not. Really She's just one of those characters. You're always just like, "Shut up." Yes, yes. There are characters like that both in books. I'm, I'm actually, I don't really know how to how to talk about this without giving things away. But there are things I'm excited about for this year, including books that are coming out, but also books that are still being written, which seems kind of weird. But one of my besties is currently, she is already represented. She is on submission, but she's writing something new. And I get to read it piece by piece. And if she's watching this now, she shouldn't, she should be asleep right now. I'm going to say it's the middle of the night for her. Abigail, go to bed. If She'll be watching this tomorrow. But I'm adoring what she writes. I was like telling her how amazing it was. I'm going, this is one of the best things I've read this year. And it's not even finished yet, but she's writing a character that I'm hating so much that I just, I'm like, I hate this character. Oh, I hate it. She's like, good. I'm like, but, oh, so I feel like this is a good segue into a character that you kind of, you hate. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the book that every single person almost has read this year. I know you haven't read it, but it is Yellowface. I'm just going to need a truffle while you talk about it. Yeah. Um, 
this book, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's so bingeable. If you're an author who's out there in the trenches, it reads like a horror novel. If you're, <laughs> if you're not an author, I think it just reads as like a really dark take on what the publishing industry is. Uh, but this book is filled with uh, characters that you don't like at all, but still somehow you are very actively turning the pages and going, oh, I hate this. Well, and sometimes Next those page. kind of characters those... are the best page turners. So exactly. I, I love despicable characters. I do too. I and it them. is interesting because sometimes you're like, oh, I couldn't connect with the main character if you're getting like a rejection. Mm -hmm. And at that point you go, if you could connect, I would send you a number for a therapist yeah. because that means there's something very wrong with you. I know. I always think some bed, of my, some bed, of my most favorite, favorite books are characters that I did not like. And, or and that they, were hard to best. like. Or hard to like. And I think the thing is, if they're interesting, I yes. can get behind a lot of things if they're interesting, even if they aren't ones that you're like, I want to see this, them succeed and live happily ever after. It's like, no, no, karma will not let that Yeah. Happen. See, and I also, I love it. Like, I'll say to people, I'm like, I want my characters to be lovable, but not likable. Mm. Yeah, that's like, that's a hard line to, to why. I think you do it really well. I mean, I still remember, I, I have to go back and quote one of your early no thank yous on Beautiful Frightening and Silence. Like, can you make the main character funny? <laughs> oh, oh funny? his son and wife just died, so I don't think he's cracking jokes Everybody right now. Everybody he loves is dead, yes. and he's, he's so medicating <laughs> with a lot of alcohol. I don't think we should be making him funny. He's like, yeah, not cracking jokes. He's nope, being haunted. Nope. Um, um, but I will say there are... Um, Making a character do something funny or in a really terrible situation is mm -hmm. a gift and there's a place for it. And that place, I'm going to do another shout out to a book I read this year, Whale Fall. Okay. That's one that I've been, I've been chasing. I've been chasing the white whale. I've been Moby dicking the book around. No, that's not right. Daniel Krause. I uh, really want to read that one. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about it because I have heard some things and my first thought is ambergris, and that's not what it's about. So go yeah. on. So um, Whale Fall is a story about um, a young diver whose father passed away mm -hmm. by suicide a year before this happens. And he's, you know, searching for closure. So during a dive, he, wackiness ensues, he gets swallowed by a sperm whale. As you do. As you do. Um, I don't. <laughs> so, and it's such a strange premise, but I will say Daniel Krause wrote about it so scientifically perfectly that it is very believable. It is probably the best paced book I have ever read in my life. Oh, wow. Now, hold it up again. How fat is the book? Is it whale sized? It's not. Um, and okay. I'll say it's written. Um, in such a cool way because it's very um, like visceral because it's all he has, you know, only three hours of oxygen and he's in this whale. So the book is very a much like attack? real time. Some of the chapters are just one line. I couldn't read that. That's yeah. right. It's okay. <laughs> I don't want you to read it. Um, the <laughs> no, line no. is behold a universe. It's a good line. Yeah. Um, and so the book is beautiful. It is expertly paced. It is a premise that is terrifying. It's sad. Uh, but this character will do funny things in the middle of this, <laughs> I'm dying inside of a whale. And then a tap number. Well, 
That's my tab number. Yeah. I like that you tapped with your hands. <laughs> I don't know how to tap with my feet. So, you know, tap a tap a tap and maybe ring my little bell. I don't know. Ring the bell. But about unlikable characters, Regina says, did anyone really connect with their first read of Ebenezer Scrooge? And I guess the question is like, well, which which version? Because the my, child mom, had yeah. watched, my child had to watch the one with Jim Carrey in it while at school. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to call it school board. And even, I'm kidding. But yeah. no, I'm just like, I didn't even know there was a Jim Carrey one. I didn't remember there was either. But I think it was one that was done in that kind of Polar Express Uncanny Valley style. So I'll have to look up. So she oh. might be making it up. She may have been getting confused because I'm like, Jim Carrey was also the Grinch. And I have you seen it floating around? I don't know if I, I think I sent it to you, didn't I? The Midsummer versus Midwinter. Yeah. It's like, they're both making Florence Pugh face. Hmm. 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 Yeah, so my favorite Christmas Carol is obviously the Muppet version. Well, yeah, that's the best one. Although my my kiddos can't handle, like, Ghost of Christmas Past is too scary for them. But it's it's okay. Yeah. And then we all, we're Marley and Marley. <laughs> See, I sorry, I can't not be singing on this show. I should probably stop. But you put up Muppets and expect me to stay still. Yeah, I did say Muppets. I did say Muppets, Muppets and I showed up. <laughs> But yeah, I think we both read so many things for this show that we really enjoyed. And then one of us would read something separate and then the other one would have to go read it because it's like, well, now I need to talk to you about it. I know because we're so programmed. Yeah, you and I are programmed to like, we have to discuss every book that we read with each other. So and sometimes it's like, oh, you haven't read it. I'm just going to talk at you. Just tell me about it anyway. I'm like, but spoilers. And and you aren't bothered by spoilers the way I am. I'm like, tell me the end. Stop it. Whereas I'm like, don't spoil things for me. Um, but like, I do like reading things and then trying to chase down the author. I know I'm still trying to find Heron Ennis somehow who wrote Leech, which was so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I can't find them on social media or anything anywhere. So I'm like, I'm wondering if you're not even a real person. And that's possible. I wouldn't, I'd be that's fine possible. with that too. But it means I can't interview them. But uh, one of the authors that I stalked until they said yes was uh Cabell Turnbull was on my show for yes. Susan and Allison and I'd read and one of I want to read those books you need to and I would say read them in order because I really enjoyed the lesson which wasn't even part of the the monsterverse which is actually the convergence it's not the monsterverse I'm like that's <laughs> Tom Cruise but somebody in his books calls it that which is why I'm like why do I have this in my head and then it shows up like that but it's just so well done but it is funny to me because we started doing this and back when we did, we had we had a producer who was reaching out to authors and being, yes, please be on this podcast. And mostly now it's either word of mouth that authors talk to other authors mm-hmm. and say, yeah, we had fun. Come on the show and do this. Or it's me or you coming up on social media going, Stalking. hi, hi, I love you. You know my show? It's fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's, a, it's amazing what just like telling somebody <laughs> how much you adore them. And it was like, please come on our show. Like, okay. um, and also we have a lot of like repeat guests, mm-hmm. people who like, I just refer to them now as friends of Vox Vomitus. It is true. It is true. And we have a lot of people coming back on the show. Yes. Uh, Tara Laskowski, January yes. 3rd. We have Ed yes. Amars coming back. We have Sean yes. Cosby coming back. But we- Ed did not send us the lunch meat, he promised. Deli meat, no. lunch meat. I don't think we should be sending any of that through the mail anyway. Also, <laughs> Jennifer's a vegetarian. So yeah, little- he, he knows. <laughs> he knows. But as like, don't he- send me meat. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And we have a good friend of yours with a book that I am very excited about. <laughs> I, I, I think everybody will be excited when this book comes out because then they're maybe hoping I won't be 
annoying about it anymore, but I'll probably still be annoying. I'll just be putting other people's stuff up. But my, my friend Francis White is coming on with Voyage of the Damned, which is everywhere. And I do mean everywhere. And was it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, right now it's only available in the UK. So you still have to like go on the UK sites, but they'll ship here. And I'm so excited to read it, mostly because I was the first person on the planet other than Francis to get to read it. Like I saw it before her agent Harry did. So I'm like, I... I like I have ownership of this book that is not mine, but I'm just like, he's my baby. Yes. You're very I'm, invested. Well, and I'm, I'm loving seeing reviews of it. And she is like one of my closest friends who's had it like that I've known from the time she was querying to the time her book is coming out. So it's like I can see the whole journey and it's just amazing. Like she's picking out a cake for the book launch at the Waterstone, I think it's Waterstones there. And I'm like, okay, anybody in the UK, you all got to go there because I can't get there and give her a hug. So I'm excited for that because she'll be on our show January, I want to say 24th, 18th, something like that. I think you said, I think it was the 24th because I know January 18th, I am going to Christopher Golden's House of Last Resort Horror Weekend in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. My FOMO is so out of control on this. And okay, is Brian Keen going to that? Yeah, he's hosting it. Okay, you need to ask him to pull up his like entire family tree because I think we might be related. You might be cousins. Keen is, uh, this is not one of those mother's maiden names. This is my maiden name is Keen. Like if you can look at my cup really carefully, it says Keen Reserve. I'm turning the wrong way. And my aunt made these. This is my, my father's birth year for his birthday one year. And I... It's a fancy cup, so I drink out of it. But whenever I see Brian Keene, I'm always like missing an A because my cousin was Brianna, but she got married, so she's now Brianna Bryant. So I'm always looking at them are we related? But I've never seen a good enough picture to like look for the Keen Shin or, or anything. Keen Shin, okay. And, yeah, but it's yeah, also I don't know Brian, but I will have on. that be my first question to Do you him. know? Do you know um, if you might be related? No, so yeah, Christopher Golden, who I absolutely adore, mm-hmm. um, so excited to celebrate his book and every time i look at this guest list of the authors that are going to be i i die i die a little bit and i'm like i can't believe i'm gonna go there i'm probably gonna start crying don't do that but i might i get very overwhelmed <laughs> but i might uh, you're crying in the corner this is also exciting oh yeah i mean i'm pretty sure paul trembley would love it if i just like cried at him <laughs> Especially because he's so tall, like, you'd just be like crying. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd have to like climb up on like a little ladder. Stop. Well, um, and, and when when it comes to like famous friends or friends of Vox, because right now his his book that turned into a movie, so Cabinet in the World, which is now Knock at the Cabin, it's one of those that pops up on some of the streaming services. And my daughter's like, "Mommy, mommy, that's your friend." I'm like, "Yes, yes, I know. I don't know if Paul acknowledges me as a friend, but yes, he has been on our show. <laughs> he's our friend." He's our friend, but I just he's like is that he's it? our friend. We dressed up for his book, but then there was something else. It was like some other cabin. She's like, is that it? I'm like, no, it's funny. The cabin's kind of a common thing. There's also a cabin in the woods. That's that's Joss Whedon. That's, that's different. Right. We're not going there. Like, nope, that's to- totally different. But but yeah, so you're gonna go to this this amazing getaway type thing. And lots of friends doing- of Vox Vomitus are going to be there. Christopher Golden's yeah. going to be I there. Clay like- McLeod, Alma Katsu, Jennifer McMahon. Like our your like physical calendar and just have them sign up for the shows. It'll make booking for this easier rather than like, Oh, who's coming on when? Yeah. Just be like, fill out a date. Fill it out. And we'll figure out how to get your books later. And as often as I can get the audio, I do because with the small people under my feet, half the time, it's so much easier to do the ears than the eyeballs. And as much as I love the eyeball thing, 
It sounds like body horror. I'm talking about listening to books versus reading my eyes. Sorry. No, but um, I, and so you've really scary. reawakened my love of audiobooks. So that's happened to me this year as well. It's just like I've, I've always liked audiobooks. And maybe it's because now I'm doing more like cooking and things like that. And I used to think cooking was so boring, like, oh, just chopping vegetables for hours. Uh, but now chopping vegetables for hours while I'm listening to something easier. Well, and it, is, it is true because there are so many things that I have to do that are just the most mundane, awful tasks. Like earlier today, I kid you not, my kids have bins and bins full of mixed up art supplies, crayons with markers with colored pencils. And I'm sitting there with Ziploc baggies and I'm listening to, I go home about, I can't remember the name of this book and I'm enjoying it. So that's sad that I can't remember it, but I'm listening to a book while I'm going ahead and doing it. Um, Looking Glass Sound. So this is one that <gasps> we'll have. Okay. I love I that book. Pronounce, I cannot pronounce her name because there's an O in there. But when I've heard it, when I when I listened to The Last House on Needless Street, which was one that just knocked my socks off this year, the, uh, the narrator did not pronounce the O. and just said Katrina. Okay. So I know. I've heard it both this, ways. So what do I do with the O? Is the yeah. O silent? Is the O we can say, we, Yeah. But I, I so I read Last House on Needless Street with my eyeballs and then I listened to Looking Glass Sound. Well, on I'm, audio, I'm listening and to I both of them. Him. And the, the narrator is the same for both as far as the guy who you might not remember this because I think you may have listened you may have read it rather than listened to it, but it's the same narrator as did Set My Heart to Five, which is <gasps> I did read that with my eyeballs. Okay. But he he was Jared. So that narrator, I just love so much. I love that narrator. I love, I love him so much. And he just has the most endearing voice. I, I loved him. I was I, So I, Looking Glass Sound, I loved him so much that I immediately made my husband, like after <laughs> the second I was done the audiobook, I'm like, you need to listen to this too. So that way I got to listen to it again in the car and like as we were like running errands and stuff That's, like that. I love that. And it's I'm not going to say it's cheating because you can do that, but it's like, I can't do that. It's Christopher Ragland. So I would love to have him, him on the show. We've had some narrators before and usually yeah. they're narrators who also are authors, but I would love to just listen to him. I don't even care what he has to say. I just want to listen to him talk. Just tell us a story. <laughs> Her voice is very nice to me. Oh, and that that's another thing. So I know I probably, I may or may not be able to get the audio before we have Francis on the show, but she was so excited because her book Voyage of the Damned is going to be narrated by Nathan Fode, who is on um, Our Flag Means Death. So it made me okay. start watching that because I just wanted to see him. So I'm like, okay, he's going to be perfect as D. I don't know what I'll do for the other characters, but he'll be amazing. So I just, I love that. So it's like one of those things, like I already do dream casting whenever I'm reading something because I just can't help it. And pull out actor, actors in and plug them into characters yeah. but I also do like dream narration of like oh who would narrate this for this author yeah. and I want that to be because most of the time it's a pretty good match but every so often I've read a book where I'm like if it weren't for the fact that this is the fourth in the series and I'm pretty invested I would stop right now because this is not working it's hard when the voice doesn't match what you thought it was going to be in your head sometimes it's that and sometimes it's just like I can only handle so much of a certain pitch or, or yeah. even a, a speech pattern. Mm -hmm. um, obviously William Shatner is a very well-loved actor, but I couldn't listen to him do a whole audiobook without exactly. me my ever loving mind. I'm watching the light change and now I'm like way more shadows. I, interesting. I can see it. It's okay. I can see your light changing and I'm like, we are actually almost out of time. So I it's know, okay. I know. But we've, but we've gotten to read so many things this year, including books that like, 
authors we've had on, but have a new series. Like one of my favorites getting to read this year was um, David R. Slayton's Dark Moon Shallow Sea. And I, I was love already, David Slayton. <laughs> well, and I loved his Adam Binder trilogy, but this was like a total new turn for him. And it was like a mm-hmm. more epic fantasy as opposed to more urban fantasy or and less contemporary. And it was just beautiful. And if you're not following him, there's some very fun pictures of some actors he hired to dress up that way. And I'm just like, you have some extra pocket change that I like how you're spending it. (laughs) I need this. I need people dressing up like characters. Stand over there. Look handsome. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. No. So hit. Yeah. I love him. And I, again, I love the Adam Binder series so much. I gotta love queer urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. And and, and dark moon jealousy was, was queer, queer epic fantasy as opposed to like modern set. So that was, that was the big difference, but it it went from being like some of the stuff that you'd find witchcraft and so forth to the more epic fantasy feel, but it didn't do some of the same, some of the same plot points that I feel like we've overseen. Oh, look, there's more Faye. I'm done with Faye for now. Like Faye can just wait a little while and kind of fade out. The Faye can fade out. The Faye can fade out. The Faye can fade out. Okay. And Kelly, I don't know if you're helping or not, but she says, I knew a Katriona who didn't pronounce the O. So she knew a Katrina who didn't pronounce the O. And we don't either. So I have reached out to Ms. Ward's publicist. And I've heard that after the new year, they will have more time available. And hopefully we'll be able to have her on. And that will be our first question is please spell your name for the record. And yeah. tell us how to pronounce it because we don't want to pronounce it. We don't wrong. And Kelly also mm-hmm. loves our flag means death, as, as do we all. And I do, I will admit that when, when Francis is like, so do you know this show? I'm like, you're getting Taika Waititi as your narrator. She's like, no, Allison, he does not do that. No. <laughs> I Taika Waititi too. But she's like, no, no, none of that. Well, I'm excited to talk to Frances. I'm excited to talk to Tara Laskowski. She's going to be our first guest back in the new year, 2024. Yep. Yeah, I have her book. I need to actually start reading it. I usually wait till close to the day of so I remember all of it, especially books. I have a feeling there's going to be some twists. I think there's going to be twists. I think it's going to be very, very bingeable. I think it's going to be a fast, amazing read. Um, I loved she was on a couple years ago for the mother next door yes. mm-hmm. and we loved that book. So I'm excited. And, and Tara Laskowski is just fun and funny and yeah. Can't wait to have her back. And she puts up with that Amar. Cause they're like besties. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I think I've seen certain things where it's like the, the two of them trying to outdo each other. It's I like, I think I love your frenemy ship. It's very cute. I love them. Yes. Very fun. I love it. So Allison, Thank you for drinking some nog with me. Cheers, my dear. Thank you, everybody who's watching live. If you're watching on the replay, hello. Sorry we missed you. We know we're in the middle of the night on most of the planets right now. This is And it's a Saturday night. And- it is. Saturday. Saturday night's all right for fighting. That's been stuck in my head since yesterday because Elton John came on the radio. I don't often listen to just the radio, but there it was. I'm like, Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> I'll stop singing. This is not what this show is for. This is not the karaoke episode this that everybody not wants. the karaoke this is episode. Me into just random song, but have a Merry Christmas, everyone, for those celebrating. And for people who are like, we just had Yule and then we have Solstice. We got all of that. And we got on. New Year's coming up. I am having coming. friends over for a game night and we are having a potato party where we're all going to make different kinds of potatoes. I'm going to make mashed potato uh, flights. So each different. <laughs> Because everybody has beer flights and whiskey flights, so I'm going to do mashed potato flights of all different kinds of mashed potatoes. Were you the one who suggested that during the, the winter we change out the frozen yogurt machines to make the mashed potatoes? 
maybe that sounds like something. It sounds like something you would say. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I know you've sent me certain true. things that are just memes of people eating potatoes and or cheese. So, yeah, that's my winter diet. Potatoes and cheese, potatoes and cheese. Potatoes and cheese. It's it's all good. So until then, we will see you in the new year. Bye. Bye.